Hello, everyone. Before going into this week's message, I would like to send my sincere thanks, love, and prayers to those who have been so kind and obedient to the Father in blessing this podcast with finances. As most of you know, when I began this production, the majority of those who had been a financial support to me and the ministry withdrew that support and opposition to it. I was told that as long as I said the things I was saying in these messages, no one would ask me to come and speak and no one would send support. As a woman who has lived by faith for many years, those threats were intimidating. However, I believe then as I believe now that it's better to obey God than man and that obedience is better than sacrifice. I trusted my God then as I trust him now. And as was threatened, most financial support ended. Many of you know, at the very beginning, in the openings of the first few episodes, I did an appeal for finances. Within a short while, I knew without a doubt that God was telling me to remove that request. Those of you who know me personally and have seen me minister to the body of Christ know that I have never, as we say in church, raised an offering for myself. Only once, when asked to go to Africa, did I request financial support from the body of Christ before I left because the trip was on such a level of faith that absolutely no offerings were expected while I was ministering there. And even then, in asking here at home, no particular amounts were set forth. Other than that, I have never demanded or stipulated a particular amount for my honorariums. It has always been by faith. In fact, many years ago on another occasion, I was told by one pastor that no one would ask me to come and speak because I didn't know how to raise money. It wasn't that I didn't know how. It was that I would not take advantage of the people through my gifts. It was the fact that I knew I have a covenant with the Father and that it's one of faith and trust. When I first asked for financial support through the podcast, God reminded me of that faith relationship. As long as I obey him in keeping the covenant that I had entered into with him through the blood of his son, my savior, Jesus Christ, he will always be faithful to me. Please know that he has used you to bless me beyond finances because through your financial gifts, it continually shows me what a faithful God we serve. It causes me to be strengthened and encouraged in being faithful to the task our Father has assigned me. Month by month, he has used you, my sisters and brothers, to meet the need. I thank you again, and please know without a doubt that each of you are continually in my prayers. Now let's get into this week's message. Hello, and welcome again to the podcast of This is the Voice of the Prophet. Today's episode is entitled, The Spirit of Deceit. For those of you who may know me personally or have listened to some of our past episodes, you may have heard me say from time to time that I had trust issues, serious trust issues. However, God dealt with me through that point in my life by teaching me not to be concerned about who I could trust, but just be sure that I can be trusted. 
for various reasons dating back from my childhood through my first marriage and even in the church, I had learned that many of the people that I should have been able to trust, I couldn't. Some of those who should have been protective, who should have kept me safe from harm, some of the very ones that I depended on and believed that they would tell me the truth, didn't. I now consider those times and situations to be a part of life lessons. Even now I realize that God's word is true. And as he said in Romans 8, all things work together for the good of those who love the Lord and who are called according to his purpose. And yes, that includes even the difficult life lessons. They worked to my good. One of the things I learned along with those lessons was that if I had been able to trust everyone that I wanted to trust, even those that I loved and should have been in position to trust, I never would have learned to use the gift of discernment of spirits as God wanted me to. Also, I would have been continually deceived throughout my life. So as not to confuse anyone, let me clarify the meaning of that statement. The gift of discernment of spirits is not suspicion, intuition, or even non-trust. That gift is purely for the purpose of knowing when there is an ungodly or unholy spirit present. If everyone was trusted, whether they should be or not, then that gift would never have the opportunity to be utilized, developed, and strengthened. Unfortunately, this is much of what has occurred in the church today. We go in with such love for one another that unfortunately our trust levels allow for us to be deluded to such a degree that many don't feel that the gift of discernment is necessary. In fact, many don't even think about that particular gift, which then leads to the deceptions being accomplished. And yes, I said that we don't feel that it's necessary. Another one of the things that you will hear me say continually is that feelings are flesh. When we feel something, the majority of the time, what we are feeling, perceiving, or even observing are based on our natural fleshly senses. Even in times when the gift of discernment of spirits is claimed to be used, sometimes it's not the gift at all, but perhaps someone that a person doesn't particularly care for or trust for various reasons, whether those reasons are valid or not. Therefore, in these cases, and in the cases when everyone is loving everyone else, the true gift itself lies dormant. When this happens, trust and truth is not an issue to the believers, and it leaves doors open, given opportunities for spirits of deception to enter in. There are times that God will speak to individuals, whether through dreams or words of knowledge, and the gift will attempt to be stirred. Again, Unfortunately, often it's to no avail. The eyes and hearts of believers should never be filled with such love in the flesh that the words and warnings of God go unheeded. There have been times that parents, husbands, or wives will say how they wish they had listened to the voice of God as opposed to the love in their hearts. This is not to say that we should not love one another as God loves us, 
but there is a wisdom that should be utilized within the body of Christ. When that wisdom is ignored and the gift remains suppressed, it will always be afterwards that you will hear the supposedly spiritual one saying, God told me something wasn't right, or I had a feeling something was wrong. And it's just stated, this is always after issues are revealed and it's too late to stop what the enemy wanted to accomplish. This doesn't mean that we shouldn't trust one another, but at the same time, we should always, always allow the Holy Spirit to minister to us and listen when he wants us to see and know if a spirit is not of God. What does 1 John 4 and 1 tell us? In the New International Version, it reads, Dear friends, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. If the Israelite king Ahab and his prophets had had that word to use during their times, many deaths would have been avoided, including Ahab's. But please know that there were times that God used spirits of deception in order for his enemies to be defeated. We know that it was the will of God that Ahab be killed. Since there was no gift of discernment of spirits during that dispensation, the lying spirit sent by God was able to accomplish what he said he would accomplish and bring about the death of that particular king. But there's no excuse today for not recognizing wicked, lying, and deceiving spirits. And unfortunately, the church today has been taught how to be deceptive. We've all heard of the stories of how families drive to church on Sunday mornings, arguing, even cursing one another out. And the minute they step out of their vehicles, everything is all smiles and praise the Lord, hallelujah. Of course, after services are ended and they return to their vehicles, the cursing and the arguing begins again. But their children are seeing this and expected to carry on with the deception in front of other church members. The, the parents are deceiving and they're being deceitful before their children who are learning from the parents just how far and how good they can be at deception. We all know about the pastors who are caught in adultery, but yet until they're caught, every Sunday they're preaching, teaching, singing praise and worship. This is not just a matter of lying. It's a matter of deceiving the people into seeing them in a way that's totally untrue. Lying about something and being deceptive are two different things. The dictionary defines lying and deception as follows. Lying on one hand refers to telling someone something that is not accurate. Deception on the other hand is much broader. It usually refers to causing someone to believe something false as the truth. I would say that the key to being deceived is that it must come from someone we trust and believe. A person can be lied to by anyone. Any stranger on the street or in some form of mass media can tell you a lie, but it's up to the individual to believe it or not. However, when a lie is told by someone you trust and you accept it as truth, 
then the individual has not only been lied to, they've been deceived. It takes a spirit of deception, a deceiving spirit to accomplish this. Selah. First Kings 22 and 6 reads, So the king of Israel brought together the prophets, about 400 men, and asked them, Shall I go to war against Ramoth Gilead, or shall I refrain? Go, they answered, for the Lord will give it into the king's hand. When the true prophet of God told them that they had been deceived, they didn't believe him. So he told them exactly what had occurred in the presence of the Lord. God had been looking for a way to lead Ahab to his death with all the other hosts of heaven around him. 1 Kings 22, 21 through 22 reads, Finally, a spirit came forward, stood before the Lord and said, I will entice him. By what means, the Lord asked. I will go out and be a deceiving spirit in the mouths of all his prophets, he said. You will succeed in enticing him, said the Lord. Go and do it. Ahab believed the lie, accepted it as truth because he trusted his prophets and therefore he was deceived. That one spirit deceived them. He lied to them and they believed something false as truth. The lie that was told was accepted as truth, which caused them to be deceived. The spirit sent by God told the Lord that he would go and be a deceiving spirit in the mouth of 400 prophets. Lying in this sense is either verbal or written. The prophets of Ahab truly believed the lie, and that's why they were deceived. As I said in the past, one spirit was able to be a lying spirit in the mouth of 400 prophets and deceive them into believing that one lie. One spirit affected, you might even say infected, 400 prophets without internet, newspaper, social media, cell phones, television, radio, or any other type of mass media, all because they could not discern that they were being deceived. Why not? Because the lie that was told to them was what they wanted to believe. It was able to make them feel good and right, perhaps even justified in what they were about to do. One of the reasons that so many people have been able to accept the lies of Donald Trump, one of the reasons that so many people are able to stand up and believe that the racism and the prejudice, the bigotry in the body of Christ is so right, is because it's what they wanted to believe from the beginning. It's what they were able to embrace and accept as truth. And now they have been deceived into believing that what they're doing is right. They didn't just accept the lie. They embraced it as truth, thus the deception. Again, let me say that discernment of spirits is not suspicion or a hunch. It's not a premonition or a gut feeling. It's a gift of the Holy Ghost that can be given alone to an individual, but it's also one of the gifts that accompanies the office of the prophet. 
As I always say, no father wants his child born deaf. Therefore, it's God's will as our father that we hear him when he speaks to us to warn us, alert us, or give notice to us that a spirit that's present is not of him. As I asked in the podcast just a few weeks ago, where is the gift of discernment of spirits in the body of Christ today? There are many who have sat in and are still sitting in churches and are being deceived into believing the love expressed by pastors and others is real. They believe the words they speak from the pulpits as well as what they, the lives they live before them are real. For some, it is. For some, it's real. And as the expression goes, what you see is what you get. On the other hand, for some, it's truly just a deception. But remember, it only becomes a deception when the lie they tell you is accepted by you as truth. And the only way to understand and know the difference is when the gift of discernment is used according to the word and the will of the Father. As believers in Christ, we cannot allow pastors, prophets, evangelists, preachers, and leaders to lead and deceive us into ways that God never intended us to follow. We cannot continue to be duped into deceptions by people through a matter of blind trust. Don't be the one in hell looking for the pastor who caused you to be there. I want us to look at what God said to Moses in Numbers eleven seventeen in the King James Version. The first part of that verse reads, And I will come down and talk with thee there, and I will take the spirit which is upon thee, and I will put it upon them. One of the things that I have learned in life is that the spirit that's on the leader is the spirit that's on the people. If you have a leader who is a liar, most of the time his followers will be liars. It's like a generational curse. Only in these cases, it's not blood family. It's those who have knowingly or perhaps unknowingly entered into covenant with leaders where they have not allowed the gift of discernment to be utilized. Pastors who are whoremongers will have followers who are whoremongers, and it goes on. The spirit that's on the pastor is the spirit that's on the people. Therefore, when you see a pastor who's lying, deceiving, and duping the people, as so many have and continue to do, those who believe and walk in with him in covenant relationships will do the same because they have been deceived into believing what they've been told. They will tell it to those who trust them. And what started as a lie that developed into a deception continues to spread. Is it wrong to use the gift of discernment of spirits when it comes to the pastors, leaders, and those in the body of Christ that we love and trust? Is it saying that we don't trust those that we walk in the oneness with? Not at all. Neither, it, neither is it saying that we should always be operating in that particular gift looking for unholy spirits. What I believe God wants us to understand is to allow for the gift to minister when it should. 
allow for our spirits to be open and attentive. So when there is something amiss in the body of Christ, we will not be deceived. Second Timothy 3.13 reads, but evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. It's the evil and seducers who will continue to deceive others and being deceived by others. Those who are deceiving are literally themselves being deceived. This is why there are so many who are listening to the lies being told by certain politicians, ridiculous lies to many of us, but yet many are believing them and accepting the seductions. They're being defrauded, misled, seduced, and misguided. But it's only because they're hearing things that flesh wants to hear and not allowing their spirit man to rise up to discern the truth. Who doesn't want to hear that they'll be healed or that they're going to receive a million dollars? Who doesn't want to hear that they're favored by God and that God is using them to accomplish great things, even if those things are not scriptural and will hurt others? It's because they want to hear these things and accept the lies as truth that they become deceived. And again, let me clarify the words that I believe God is speaking through me. I don't believe that God is saying that every church, every pastor, or even every prophetic word is a lie. Not at all. But what I do believe he's saying is that we should all allow the gift of discernment of spirits to operate more consistently in our lives so that we will be able to recognize and discern the lying and unholy spirits when they operate. In closing, let me ask, what's the worst case scenario if you allow the gift of discernment of spirits to be used in the places where you worship? The worst thing that could happen is that you will be able to perceive that there's a spirit in operation that's not of God. We should all want to know if there's a lying spirit a spirit of deception that is trying to seduce us into believing a lie. Every person should want to know when truth is being suppressed and subdued in the very place where we are supposed to worship in spirit and in truth. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of This is the Voice of the Prophet. I ask that each of you would share this podcast with others and always remember that it's available for listening on every podcast server and app. I continue to ask you for your support through your prayers. You can contact me through my email at amiteagle at charter.net. That's A-M-I-T-E-E-A-G-L-E at charter.net and through the Facebook post or Facebook Messenger. Thank you again for your prayers and support, and may God bless each and every one of you.